Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life and today we are having a slight direction, a different direction to today's episode. So we're actually going to talk about your self-assessment and your accounts because I thought it's quite an interesting subject and um, I've actually got Nicole Atkinson here and she's going to explain a little bit more in depth about what we can claim for, what we should look out for etc. So hi Nicole, how are you doing? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to me today. You're very welcome. Right. So, Nicole, let's just um, get straight into it. Can you just quickly um, introduce yourself? What do you do? Um, And just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Um, So my name's Nicole um, and I work from um, a little office in my garden. Um, I'm self-employed. And I run Atkinson Accounting Services. It's just me, um, but helping people that are self-employed and small businesses um, sort their numbers out, really, um, and know where they are. Um, I've been self-employed doing this for two years now. Um, I started doing it after being in sort of office manager and account roles for about 15 years um, in various businesses. Um, but after my second child, um, I was made redundant. So... I needed something that fitted in with small children, my two dogs, and the fact that I still wanted a pony really badly. So (laughs) so it gave me that kind of time and flexibility. Um, So, yeah, I decided to to take the qualifications um, to sort of formalise my knowledge. um, And off I went. Wow. And how have you found that transition from going self-employed and doing it on your own? Do you know, not too bad because previously I was um, I was commuting um, two days a week um, and the rest I was working from home anyway. So I was quite used to running my own time and, and being reasonably disciplined and organised at home about it. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, it's just worked really well. I can you know, I can do the odd evening for clients if they need me to because, you know, they've got they're working during the day. They don't necessarily want to talk about their their accounts and, and things um, when they could be earning money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I can always do like an evening call when the kids are in bed um, and I can, can be as flexible as I need it to be. So, yeah, it's you no, know, it's been the best thing. Best thing I've done, I think. Excellent. Um, OK, so let's talk about um, self-employed and self-assessment. So from my experience, I'm going to just talk about my experience. I've done self-assessment for probably the last four years or so Mm -hmm. and um I have typed in what I've earned I've typed in what I think my expenses are and then (laughs) submitted it and then it wasn't until I spoke to you that I realized actually there's a lot more to it than I thought which is probably why it's ideal to have an accountant if you don't have one so can you quickly explain what is self-assessment and um what sort of things during the year or the tax year should we sort of monitor um when we are going to do our self-assessment okay so a a self-assessment is it's the system that the hmrc use for any income um that you have not declared and pay tax on so obviously with a lot of people when they're employed their tax and their national insurance is taken off of their salary at source 
with the, the PAYE system. When you're self-employed or you have other sources of income, you have to declare that um, via your self-assessment. And it kind of is what it says on the tin. It's up to you to, to tell the HMRC how much you've invoiced um, and how much um, you've paid out in expenses um, and then what the difference is, um, thereby telling them what you owe in your tax and also for national insurance as well. Okay. And when are the deadline days for self-assessment? Um, for So if you're existing and you're, you're already up and running as self-employed, if you want to file a paper return, it's the 31st of October following that tax year. So the tax year that we're about to finish um, at the, you know, in a, in a few weeks time, the deadline will be this October. For an online return, it's the 31st of January following that tax year. So it'll be next January. If you're newly self-employed, you have until the 5th of October following the end of the tax year that you started trading to register. So if you started in this tax year, you've got until this 5th of October to register. You do that online with the HMRC mm-hmm. uh, and that's when you'll get your unique tax reference number that you need to file your return. And it is, well, I found the process actually quite simple. I didn't find it as complicated that I thought it was going to be. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, the problem is like tax and money and the HMRC, they all are quite scary words to people. Um, but I suppose you just need to remember that it's all run by people um, at the end of the day. And there's lots of there's lots of help um, and there's lots of information out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, once you don't put it off, once you look at it and you know what you're you're looking at and dealing with. And if you, you know, if you need help, you can always ask. But yeah, as long as you're. Um, your um, accounts are fairly simple like you know what you've invoiced and what you've spent then it should be a reasonably pain-free process to do it yeah yeah generally I find it quite simple now because I've done it for a couple of years now I guess I have got into the swing of it all um but when I did my first year um I I just wanted to make sure I was doing it all right so I did take my time doing it but I think once you've done it once and you know what you need to input and stuff like that then I think it does make it a lot easier um so with expenses what sort of things um do self-employed people need to um what can they put through for expenses or 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 things like that obviously it depends on the nature of your of your job um it is important to mention that you do need to keep a record of your invoices so what you've charged your customers and your expenses for five years after the deadline of your return so the deadline that we've just had the 1st of January 2021 you need to keep all your records until the 31st of January 2026 so HMRC could you know open an investigation and ask to see your records within that period um, so the things that you can um, claim for as I said depends on what you do um, so as a, as a groom um, it could be membership to like a governing body um, Myself, I've, you know, I have a practice license and a membership to a body. So that's fully, fully allowable for me. Um, insurance to do what you do. Obviously, you guys should all be all be insured. Um, training is one that you can include, but you need to be careful with training because it's only maintaining your knowledge that's allowable as an expense. You can't claim training um, if you're expanding your business. So right. you can't claim training for a brand new skill. Um so things like that, first aid courses, they came for that? 
yeah, first day courses, because that's kind of a thing you should, is very, you know, it's a really good idea to have, isn't it? Um, yeah. Especially with, with what you're doing. Um, and then definitely your your refresher um, training would be an allowable expense as well. Um, if you've got a website or you advertise, um, that would be that would be allowable. Um, if you offer free samples to customers, um, that's an allowable expense as well. Um, your mobile phone. Um, obviously, it depends if you've got um, a purely business line or a phone that you have dual use. If it's um, a phone that you use both for, you just have to apportion the cost. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you were to say that I use my phone 50% for personal and 50% for business, you'd only claim 50% of the cost of your of your mobile phone. Yeah. Um, they like to use the terms fair and reasonable. So you can't say I use my phone 99% of the time for business and only 1% of the time for me. And, <laughs> you know, they are they are people. They're not going to fall for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other term is it needs to be um, wholly and exclusive for some things as well. So I know a lot of people will say, can we get clothing through? Yeah. Um. And the answer is often no, um, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> um, so basically, if, if it's clothing that you could use um, any other time, um, then it's not wholly and exclusively for business. Um, the way you can um, kind of mitigate that a little bit is if you had branded clothing, but it has to be permanently branded, something you know you can't remove, and it has to be quite clear and obvious as well. Mm-hmm. So if you were to have, um, you know, Cobb's equine services on a polo shirt and that kind of thing would be allowable but you know just a Tom's polo shirt or, or a toggy isn't isn't going to be allowable unfortunately um mileage if you're out and about and going from various customers and it's not a case of I filled up my tank for 50 quid here's my receipt mm-hmm. you have to charge per mile and the current rate um is 45p per mile and that covers everything so that will cover all of your motoring costs um, so make sure you keep a log of that. Um, there are apps um, if you do lots of different journeys that aren't always regular. So Mile IQ and Trip Catcher are quite good as well. Mm-hmm. Or you can just use a use a spreadsheet and log it if that's what you want. It depends on on what works for you really. Yeah. Um, and then it's a good idea to sort of do it every every week so that you keep on on top of it. If it turns into like a monster job, then. <laughs> you're just going to fit it off yeah um, and not do it and it really adds up the mileage as well um so it is worth keeping a track of it um what else for you guys um personal protective equipment ppe um you're going to need that um in in the work that you do as well so that's that's an allowable one as well so that's your boots and your riding hat isn't that yeah yeah okay. still take caps and your riding hat as well cool yeah, Nicole kindly sent me a um, mileage spreadsheet, which um, I did have to, well, I started it from April last year. So I'm up to date for April this year. So I'll be up to date in the current tax year. So I had a few months to do, but once you kind of get into the swing of it and you know roughly what your, what, how much the mileage is, it's a lot easier to um, maintain. And like now I just do it at the end of the month and I just do my whole months in there to make it a lot easier. So when Nicole, you know, does do my self-assessment, hopefully I've made her life a little bit easier. <laughs> I've got all that information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 like you say, it does add up because like you said before, with the petrol, before that's what I kind of claimed because I didn't realise that you had to do the mileage. I thought it was the petrol. So I kept all my petrol receipts thinking, oh, you know, that would be my 
um, what's it called? My uh, proof, I guess, of, of um, my uh, expense. But in fact, mm. when Nicole sort of explained it to me, which she has done now, it's actually more the mileage, not the actual petrol. So but um, on that, with your petrol receipts, it is a good idea to keep a proof that you're buying them. I mean, if you change vehicles or something, you, you do need some kind of guide if mm-hmm. there were to be an investigation. So it's highly unlikely yeah. Um, yeah. that you've, you know, you have actually purchased um, the petrol as well. So do keep your cover those receipts. But yeah, the actual amount that you claim is the, is the mileage rather than the petrol. Value. Cool. And is there anything else um, that you can't claim for? Is there anything, I mean, we've gone through clothing. Is there anything else that we can't claim for? Um, Subsistence is a bit of a tricky one, um, which people sometimes get a bit upset about, but it depends on basically how transient you are. Um, So if you're going and you're working at one at one yard and that's the only place that that you work mm. uh, you're not really transient so you can't there isn't really a valid claim for subsistence um, yeah. you know, about. however if you are literally on the road all day then you would you would be able to claim for subsistence and can you just explain what that is if anyone's not sure what that is yep so subsistence is your lunch basically um uh, or breakfast if you're out really early um so just food whilst whilst you're going out and about um or you know grabbing a coffee or something um as i say if you're if you're just in one location it's you're not classed as as transient you've got pretty much a fixed place yeah but if you're going throughout various locations through the day and that is your routine then then you are able to claim for that Oh, very interesting. I didn't realise that. Well, I might have to keep my lunch receipts now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did quickly um, talk about this just before we started recording about national insurance. So mm-hmm. um, generally when you're employed, your tax on your national insurance is normally sort of um, deducted um, already for you when you get paid. So with national insurance, is it something that is automatically calculated when you do your self-assessment or do you need a separate sort of um, money pot to pay for your national insurance too? Um, so it's all included and worked out when you do your, your annual return. Um, and there's there's two rates of, of national insurance that you pay when you're self-employed. You've got, um, you pay class two and class four national insurance. So one is a flat rate um, every week. And the other one is, uh, is just a, it's a percentage of your of your earnings once you've hit a certain amount mm-hmm. so they're probably about to change again so do um check them out on the um on the government site but when you do your annual return online um it will work that out for you um and it the amount that you pay will be included in that so what a lot of people like to do and works for them is is basically kind of put aside a third um of of their income mm-hmm put that into a separate pot to allow for their tax and their national insurance bill um and although that's not an exact rule it kind of normally gives someone um like a little bonus at the end as well because obviously that doesn't allow for your um personal allowance um rate in there either so that works for quite a lot of people and you can be more precise if you if you want it's however much time you want to spend on it and and what's going to work for you really Mm -hmm. so what it is worth talking about as well is when you first do your return if your your income tax and national insurance bill is more than a thousand pounds you will also be asked to pay 50 percent 
of the next year's bill. So that first return and that first payment can sometimes be a bit painful if you're not prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if it's over a thousand pounds, you'll be asked to pay the other 50% by the 31st of July of that tax year. So if your first trade year of trading was last year and you just filed your return, you'll have paid that first year's trading plus 50% of your next return. And then this July, you'll have to pay the other 50%. So technically, by the time you come to do your return on the 31st of January, you should have paid your tax and your class four national insurance. And you should only have your flat rate of your class two national insurance to pay if you weren't the same as the previous year. So they call it like the balancing payment when you do your actual return. So it might be that you're due a small refund if, um, you know, especially with the recent um, like pandemic that you've earned less money or if you've earned more money, so you'll have to you'll have to pay that balancing amount and they call it the balancing payment. Why do they do do that? Why do they take uh, an extra 50 percent on your first year? Um, Well, it's it's as I say, it's payment on account. So you've effectively they're saying that you've worked that first year and you've done your return. We've got an idea of what what your earnings are and what your tax is that, you know, you've already earned really um, and what you should be paying. So that's that's what they ask for then. Um, And then the July afterwards, again, it's for the tax year that's already been completed mm-hmm. so it's not they're not taking tax for money you haven't earned it's still they're, they're, they're taking tax for a period that's already happened right um, they're just taking it quicker and it is worth saying that um there are talks about making tax digital which is a scheme which they're currently running out they've already done it for for VAT um, but they're looking at changing the way that we do our returns um, from 2023. Mm-hmm. So it might be, if it gets rolled out as they're planning it, that we have to do a return every three months and pay our tax quarterly instead of um, the way the current system runs. Right. Okay. And what do you, do you think that's going to help people to budget a little bit more, do you think? I think, it, big tax I think it will. Be? Yeah, I think it will help people um, to budget. I mean, I know a lot of people leave it right until the last minute. Um, I think something like that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Leave it right till the last minute to do it um, and kind of think, oh, that's a crap job. Like, I'm just going to shove that over there while I do something else that's that's more exciting. Um, And, you know, it isn't great, is it, going through all your records and finding everything um so I'm a firm believer of sort of little and often um and staying on top of it so you know depending on how many receipts and invoices you send out might be once a week you do half an hour on it might be once a month you do it um you know even if you even if you have 12 envelopes March January February you know all the months and you just shove everything in there you've kind of got to find the system and it's less of a pain in the bottom when you come to do it um but yeah I don't I think a lot of people that have been self-employed for a long time are possibly not going to like um, the new, the new system. system. But it's all change, isn't it? It's when things yeah. change, no one likes it. And then once you sort of get into the swing of it, then you're just like, oh, okay, actually, this actually does make my life a lot easier. But it's just yeah. an initial change, isn't it? Um, yeah. And if people want to get an accountant, so someone like me who's looked at you and think right I need someone like Nicole to help me because clearly I'm not doing it as well as I should do um what information do you need 
from people um, who who hired you and need you and want them for you to do their self-assessment? Um, so first of all, what any um, good uh, bookkeeper or accountant should do is um, cover off um, anti-money laundering regulations. So if you've got, if you're practicing as a bookkeeper and accountant, you basically have a duty of responsibility that you're checking you are who you say you are so you should see you should expect to provide some form of photo id and proof of your address that's the first kind of security check um, that we all have to do as our, our responsibility after that it'll be your records so um for example i know that you are self-employed but you're also um employed that's so to your tax return i would need your p60 of the year that we're talking about um, and also your invoices and receipts and a bank statement to correspond with those as well. So the bank statement is kind of the check to make sure that we've captured everything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be that you've, you've paid out for something and you've forgotten to to have a you know hand a receipt over, and that's not something that you want to you want to miss and not or not claim for. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that you've someone's paid you and you've you've forgotten to include an invoice or something. So that's like your your sense check that you've included everything so I would say and it's not obligatory if you're um, a sole trader because you are your business if you're a sole trader but I would always advise having a separate bank account because it just makes life so much easier for you to to have your you know your personal bits and your and your business bits um separately and there's loads of um loads of accounts out there now as well um, all of these um, so-called challenger banks, which basically just means they haven't got a high street presence, mm-hmm. um, like Starling um, and Metal um, are really good ones. Um, and you can all just do it with an app on your phone as well. Um, yeah. Download a statement, send it, send it to yourself so that you can check everything off. Yeah. And how many, how um, how many months of bank statements do you need? Do you need the whole year, or do you just need a couple of months, the whole year? All of it. Yeah. Check it all off. Okay. Because mine's done online, so I don't get paper invoices. So I would have to log on to my bank um, bank account and they'll just send, can they just do a statement from that, do you think? Yeah, so with online banking, you should always be able to log in and download a statement um, into um, what's known as a CSV file, mm-hmm. which is basically a, a bit of a fancy pants Excel file. Um, yeah. So it just drops it all into there and then you've got all your information. Okay, cool. Great. Is there anything else you want to mention that we may not have covered? I feel like we've covered quite a bit, but I don't obviously want to. I feel to... like we have. <laughs> I don't want to feel like I've missed anything, um, you know, later on or anything like that. No, I think that's mostly mostly it for um, for self-assessments. Um, oh. Again, it all depends on what you can claim as to what what you do um, and, you know, what applies to your, your business. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a reasonable Brilliant. overview. Cool. Right. So completely going off key, but I always finish my podcast. Okay. So we've got some quick fire questions. Um, are you a night in or a night out gal? <sighs> when we can go out, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, when we can go out, I'm probably a night in gal. Um, I've got two smallish children um, at four and three. Um, but these days I just want a night out. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> Are you tea or coffee? Tea. Wellies. Gold. <laughs> wellies or heels? Wellies. Uh, sweet or savoury? Savoury and Bombay mix every time. Oh, I haven't oh. had that one yet. Um, 
book or film? Oh, book, I think. What's the last, or what's the current book you're reading or the last book you read? Um, I, the current book I'm reading, I can't remember who it's by, but it's it was basically, I picked up two books in, in like Tesco's, the two freight quid jobbies, um, and it's All My Lies Are True. Um, but before that, it was Blood Orange, which is really good. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and are you a Netflixer? Do you like watching Netflix? Yes, but I'm terrible. If I get involved, then I'll be up to like two in the morning. Like, I oh, just one more, just one more. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what's the last series that's kind of got you like that binge watching? Um, well, it's not on Netflix, uh, but Dexter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Started, Very yeah. And, yeah, addiction. And, um, okay, and to finish off, where can people find you? Do you have a website, social media? Where can people find you? Um, I do, yep. So my website is www.atkinsonaccountingservices.com. Um, I'm on Facebook under Atkinson Accounting Services um, and with the same name I'm on Instagram. I have been terrible at posting um, with like the lockdown and everything. Um, my excuse is homeschooling and looking after children um, so I will I will uh, start to actually post some meaningful content but I'm on there um, and that has all my contact details if anyone wants to brilliant thank you so much Nicole for your time I really appreciate it and I think it's going to be really helpful for um all sorts of grooms that you know if they're employed self-employed I think this is really going to help them so thank you so much for your time you're welcome thanks Cardi Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please would you subscribe and leave me a review. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to find me on my social media, I am on Instagram under Cobbs Equine Shop underscore services. And on Facebook, I am Cobbs Equine Shop and services. Thank you so much and I'll speak to you next time. making it if you um, like to follow me on socials my um, instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um, if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people and i will speak to you all on the next episode